12 and oh, I am your host, Adam Chameo. And I'm Aaron Schroeder. That's right. This is the Quack 12 podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web, Buddhosphere. And Aaron, I've been watching some basketball, not duck basketball, so it's not the same. You know, my heart isn't in it. I don't have it all on the line. Right. Every damn pass, every damn missed three-pointer. No, I'm not dying a little bit when I see that happen because it's not them ducks. But I've been watching some basketball, yeah. It's because you're already dead. Because mm. it's not them ducks. It's mm. deep. Uh, Adam, I haven't seen a I haven't seen a thing. I know I know one thing, but that's only because Google slammed it right in front of my face. What's that? What's Google doing now? Kansas takes it all. Kansas takes it all. Dem Jayhawks. Uh, I do like the Jayhawks. I don't know why. It's probably because I associate, I have that memory of our wonderful, wonderful team from back in the day that made that final four run. Uh, we smoked Kansas. And it was like at Kansas. And it was a very, we were the underdogs. Jordan Bell just blocked every damn thing. And it was a really good memory of mine. So I was kind of fine with the Jayhawks winning it over the memory of UNC, who beat us <laughs> in that very same run in the final four because we didn't box out the very so, same Jordan Bell didn't box out. I guess you just answered my next question, which is who was the other team? Because like I said, I only knew it was Kansas that won. UNC Tar Heels, my man. And what was fun, I mean, actually, Tar I really... Heels? The Tar Heels. Tar. I don't know how I feel about that name. I think that's probably got some uh, negative connotation in the distant past. Never looked into it, but, you know, you can always just assume the worst. Yeah, uh, might as would, well, right? You wouldn't think you'd want to be a Tar Heel because you'd be slow, I would assume, because it's sticking your feet to the ground almost. One day, yeah. one day we'll play the Tar Heels and we'll have to look that I up. I just a, don't know that I want to hear, keep hearing. I need to look into it because I think it's good. I think it's good. Don't worry. Okay, cool. Um, but I'll tell you this, my man. Hit me, baby. So the UNC Tar Heels, yes, uh, they took on Duke and they're ancient rivals. I mean, they're, that right. is the most, that that's just like. One of the best, if not the best, basketball rivalry of all time. Right. Certainly in college basketball, it it absolutely is. And Coach K, he was retiring. You know, this is his final season. He wow. had played. I believe this was the hundredth time he, in his career, had played UNC as Duke's coach. It was the hundredth game, I do believe. Uh, Duke had won fifty. North Carolina, North Carolina had won forty nine. And North Carolina made it 50 that day. It was it was, it was a great game, honestly. And, um, you know, I, I'm not super familiar with their team, but it, it was actually really fun to watch that Duke. You know, I just really loved watching Duke lose because I really hate Duke. I don't know why. Something about Coach K just rubs me the wrong way. I mean, most of America, if you're a true American, you also hate Duke. Um, so, well, you, you know what I'm saying? Well, right. You were saying last week it probably has something to do with the fact that they're like the Patriots, right? It's just like exactly enough is enough already. Or and, the and Yankees. It was just the fact that like they lost to UNC. Coach K lost to UNC, you know, and which that happened in the regular season too. In his last game at home, right? UNC came in and just beat them, and actually, like 
it was a really spirited game. That one ended 81 to 77. And Armando Bacot, I believe is his name. Baycott. I think it's Baycott. See, I really don't know this team, but I watched that dude play a couple of times. Uh, some in the f- final four, some in the championship game. He was injured, I believe, against Duke, but he really like gave it his all. And in the championship game, he was like, looked like freaking 20%, but he still played crucial minutes. Uh, was such a close game. UNC at one point, I think they had like a 16 point lead. Uh, yeah, because Jayhawks coming back, that was, is now the largest comeback victory in the championship game history. That's uh, it was, what the was headline was basically, uh, leading me to believe is that it was a wicked comeback. Yeah, no, it was absolutely, it was a good game. Uh, I, you know, it's like, I wasn't rooting for UNC, but you root for individual players. Sure. On UNC and. Uh, yeah, they were fun to watch. Um, RJ Davis is really good too. Uh, Jayhawks were a little bit better. Power to them. They they rallied back too. It's fun to watch. But none of this is about the freaking Oregon Ducks because they didn't get very far in the tournament. As in, they didn't even make the tournament. And then they played then, in the goddamn NIT, and they lost pretty quickly in that. Yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the part I wanted to break into because I think it's still so funny. And the women's basketball team, they did make it to the tournament. And then they lost to the first team that they played, who lost in their next game. I mean, they're better than that. But give That's bad. I mean, which is worse? Uh, a shitty team losing shittily or a team that should be good <laughs> looking like it'll be good and then losing immediately? I don't know. 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 Well, actually, that's kind of what we're getting into here. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> we're about to we're about to break that one down and find out, huh? Yeah, hopefully answer that question. Uh, but before then, let's get into the the business here because we had a little bracket tournament here, right? Uh, so just wanted to shout out to the winners. First of all, I believe this is someone who has won this very contest in the past. Uh, their name is Sandy Sandwich. This go around. But I am very sure this person, uh, Cassandra, a teacher in California, uh, she's won it before and she's won it again. Wow. So we're definitely going to uh, get a prize out for you because you did fantastic, Cassandra. Not you only get that. the waffle dinner tonight. That's right. So they, well, they did first place, all right, in the men's tournament. And in the women's tournament, we're so damn close to getting first place in that, too. Wow. They ended up getting third women's but still an amazing rallying cry there uh first place in women's was tm ducks one this is a a new member of the ranks they had south carolina winning it all uh which was a very good call if i wasn't uh i mean this is not a brag um but if i wasn't such a huge oregon homer i definitely would have had south carolina winning it all oh yeah me too totally for sure Shut up. Because, <laughs> I mean, they were just, they looked like the best team, and they they whooped they on it. UConn. They freaking cool. whooped on they, Their first loss in a championship game is what they handed the UConn Huskies. Legendary program. Uh, it was a good game. But, yeah, so congratulations, TM Ducks. Second place, you also get some prizes. Uh, Christinky who, hey, has won, I believe, twice in the past. Yeah, always in the top three, for sure. Absolutely. Almost won it this time. 
but she got second place by the thinnest of margins. She had Stanford winning it all. Very close. Oh. That's the final four, but no cigar. Um, and then in the men's tournament, that is right. Uh, Bose Jackson. <laughs> wow. Bose Jackson. Bose Jackson, a, a friend of the podcast, a, a dear friend of mine. He's won it, so we're going to get a, a, a fun little gift for him. Some some kind of duck-related thing or something like that. Who knows? Who knows if it'll ever get Well, to let's get into the important actual mm-hmm. part, which is where did I end up? Okay. <laughs> I knew we were getting there. Surprisingly, well, first let's get to where I got because it's more embarrassing. Right. Um, out of all the ones we had here, I ended up in 14th place. Yikes. With my prediction of Arizona winning it all in the men's tournament. Wrong. Pretty stupid. Pretty, pretty stupid. However. And you're a sports uh, host, right? So are you. Are you not? No, I never have claimed that. <laughs> hmm. I guess you have it. I guess you never We have. literally created an intro to just make sure everyone knew how little I knew about sports. Well, apparently you know a little more than you're uh, you're showing here because my dear boy, you got up to fourth place actually with your prediction of Baylor winning it all, which was not a good prediction. However, if you would have changed that, you would have done pretty well because you the had Kansas. Yeah, you had Kansas um, in the game, so you you had someone going really late, and uh, I don't know. Other than that, you didn't do awesome, but. You were a Texas homer, I do remember, and a Pac-12 hater. But uh, yeah, so congratulations to you. You definitely kicked my butt there in the yeah. official Quack 12. I mean, fourth place. Hey, that's good. You don't so get a the, medal. I'm but. better at picking football games than you. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though I'm better at picking basketball games than you. Men's basketball, or lest we forget the women's tournament, uh, which... We had a real competition. I made a bracket. You made a bracket. And we who, who decide try to decide who got better there. Got to pick the movie, the Patreon special oh, edition right. movie that we covered, uh, which is coming out any week now. We'll, we'll let you know. It, it should be a really fun one. Uh, we are covering Without Limits. Is that what it's called? I already forgot. Uh, the Prefontaine movie with Billy Crudup. We all know it. We all love it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Aaron hasn't seen it, and we're gonna do a deep plot, a uh, deep, deep, deep dive on that film on our Patreon. Uh, but that is because I gotta pick it because I did better than you in the women's. That's right. I, it, I, I guess I just threw it out of my mind because mm-hmm. I didn't want to remember. I didn't do very well, but you did especially bad, and we both yeah. had Oregon ba- winning it all, so <laughs> neither of us did great. I was about to say, I was like, I wonder why I picked Baylor to win it all in the men's, but that's obviously because Oregon wasn't there, because otherwise I would have just picked Oregon. Well, also, you were visiting around the Waco area. No, not even close. Four hours away. Well, somewhat close then, right? Four hours away. I was in the same state. It was on your mind. You had Waco on your mind. You're Waco Wacko. Georgia. Georgia. Uh... Well, there you go. So that's fun, I guess. I won in some regard, but I, I think you won the, the war. I'll tell you this much, brother. You're better than me. All right. So there you go. 
Aw. Aaron, we got some business to talk about. Uh-oh. Where you want to go? You want to go men's or women's? Let's let's just shut this um, down. Um, let's rip the band-aid off. How many more players have left the women's team? <laughs> well, first of all, before we get into that. Quaxball. That's right. It's Quaxiball, y'all. Y'all. The women's basketball team. We've talked about them, you know, ad nauseum. Was kind of a letdown of a season. Um, Immediately. Immediately after the announcement that Niara Sabali was going to the pros. Which we are pro ducks going pro on. We're show. all about that. Absolutely, we're all about ducks going pro, and we're all about that dro. If you know what I'm talking about, some people know that slang. Some people know what I'm saying. Very uh, anyway. Bay Area of you, bro. <laughs> hey, that's me. Um, I'm not a Stanford fan. So we've <laughs> talked about the women's basketball team quite a bit. Yeah, don't want to beat a horse that's already dead. Well, I mean, we first you got to catch the damn horse because it's obviously <laughs> ran away from the stable. <laughs> That's right, because Niara Savali, she's going pro. And very shortly after that, we had the announcement of our promising uh, big woman here, Kylie Watson. She elected to transfer out of the program. Of course. Maddie Shear. Maddie Shear, who many suspected she would do so, uh, specifically because Micah Pittman had transferred to Florida State. She's going to Florida State, I do believe. Right. And then, I remember this. So that was Love probably her. in the works. Yeah. And then another starter, Sydney Parrish, uh, who's had some great games under her belt. <sighs> She's also transferring out. So that's right. two starters. Well, we've known then, all those for mm-hmm. a week. No one else since then. Oh, the Band-Aid stays on. That is great. Not only that, not only that, someone actually transferred in. What? How is that possible? We're terrible. Why would anyone come here? We are not. Okay, hold on. Hold your (laughs) horse. I actually want to get into this, all right? Break it up, baby. Really looking, just, just even looking at the schedule, right? Like, I was looking through this thing. We went 20 and 12. Not That's damn good. Not great, but certainly not terrible. Not terrible. It's damn good. It's not great. It's damn good. Mm-hmm. Way over 500. That's, I mean, that's a low benchmark, but yeah. 11 Tell you this, it's damn good for a team whose coach never stands up except for apparently <laughs> one game. <laughs> 11 and 6 in conference play in one of the toughest conferences. In that's all over land. 50% as well. That's good. Uh, and then six and five on the road. I think that is what that really sucks. But 12 and three at home. Hey, hey now. Now, okay. Uh, now I want to get know. into this. Though. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple things I wanted to say here real quick. Okay. Hit me. Looking at some of the teams we struggled against. Some of them are like, well, that's ridiculous. We should have just, we, we shouldn't have dropped that one no matter who was hurt. But if you remember, I mean, we had Niara Sabali was injured for a time. Uh, True. Pau Pau was injured for a time. So Prince was injured for a time. True. Quite a bit. Yeah, like there was injuries going around. We played against number one, South Carolina, I believe without Sabali, uh, and lost 63 to 80. That's not a great score. But, you know, we lost to the, uh, to the team that won it all. Like mm-hmm. a, truly a fabulous team. Um, we lost to South Florida shortly after that. 
not as good of a team. We lost to Kansas State is one of our losses. Then, though, we lost to number two Stanford by 12 points by just kind of blowing what was a close game for quite a bit. Stanford is a Final Four team. Uh, We beat number seven Arizona at the time, number seven. Again, a, a team that was very competitive. We beat UConn, a Final Four team. We um, lost to Arizona. Obviously, they were a good team for long stretches. ASU, uh, they we we lost to them. That one really sucked. We lost to the Beavers. That's I mean, these are not losses that inspire much. However, right. again, we barely lost to Stanford the second time we played them. We lost by only four points. That's a Final Four team. Lost to Colorado in double overtime. Uh, lost to Utah. That one sucks. I I can almost forgot that one. Yeah, and then we lost to Belmont, a good team. But so I don't know. Just looking at all those L's, it it doesn't make me feel better. But how competitive we were against truly some of the best teams in the country did remind me of the talent we had, and also some frustrating moments from. Unfortunately, from like Matty Shear, who's a great defender, but was not always there, like, you know, as far as like uh, really playing, like, like dishing out the ball, being right. like kind of a commander on the court, you know, or, or like actually scoring points. Sydney Parrish was really up and down. Um, and, you know, technically, Kylie Watson wasn't a starter. So it did make me feel a little bit better after a while. Just knowing that, actually, so Taya Hansen was uh, played for Arizona State. She didn't play. She played quite a few games. Ah. Didn't average too many points, but she is a guard. She is coming in. So we we do have a transfer coming in. That that's one thing about this portal. Uh, I I would be a little concerned if she was a starter because we're gonna put a lot more effort into our upcoming class right now, which we talked about this last week. So I won't go too deep into it, but right. we got like. Chance Gray and specifically Grace Van Sluten are two five stars that we're putting a lot of our eggs in that basket there. Because, well, Grace Van Sluten is 6'3". She's the 13th best player in the class. And Chance Gray actually is the second highest ranked recruit in Oregon Duck women's basketball history. Who do you think is the first ranked of all time? If you were to guess. Sabrina Ionescu. Boom, you got it. So this is the highest ranked rated player we've ever gotten outside of the GOAT of the program. Um, She's also like ESPN's seventh overall ranked player and the number two at the guard spot. And then behind that, two talented four stars as well, or promising, I should say. Uh, Jenna is Isai, I believe is how you say it. She's from Surprise, Arizona, 5'11". And then Kennedy Basham. (laughs) Kennedy Basham, who's from Phoenix, Arizona. She's 6'7". And uh, I believe we may be on dunk watch there. We'll see. Really? I've heard there's been some dunks in that lineup. Yeah. If I can make one more point. Yeah, hit me. One more point of just a little bit of like I'm not saying this to be overly optimistic. I'm just saying if there is a path for the for us to be like, holy cow, this team really, this is a huge bounce back. This is how it's going to happen, I think. This is going to be like why we shouldn't freak out too much, per se. 
However, if we see a mirror season as we did la- uh, these last two seasons, then right. I'm just going panic button, panic button, panic button. But the players that we're really going to look back that haven't transferred out as of now that I think really show a lot of promise. There's quite a few actually, but Elise Hurst, who you know transferred last season to play for us, and actually when um, Pow Pow was out, she really started and. You know, like, was our best three-point shooter technically, though she didn't shoot a whole lot. I think that could play a lot. And and she's got a lot of experience. Taylor Bigby is a freshman guard, six foot one. She didn't play much at all last season, uh, if, if at all, actually. But I think she's definitely someone that Kelly Graves, if Kelly Graves is good at developing players, which I'm not sure if we know if that's true or not, uh, honestly. Uh, but if he is, then maybe, you know, she can be someone that really pops out and your Rogers is still here. She, she had an up and down season, but I think she's also like, she is really talented and maybe another year in this system. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of upside with her as well as Filipina Che, just because of the mere size of Filipina Che. It's just been amazing. And then uh, Shania Pinto has been really fun to watch. I don't know if she's going to get more minutes per se, but I just like the minutes I saw from her last. So if some of these players really just like stepped up and we had a solid starting five and basically it kind of comes down to, and if pow pow or another guard can consistently hit a three, then I think we got something here. That's I'm feeling a little optimistic, you know, I can't any longer oh, no. put any eggs oh, no. in the three-point basket. <sighs> I need to see improvement across the board. Mm. And also, I don't know. It sounds like it seems fine. If you would, once you you're doing that really good thing that a high school coach will do to the parents of the football team, where when all the parents are mad that the player, the team didn't go to state, the coach. Yeah has to have like a PTA meeting where he goes up in front of them and he shows them the breakdown of how great they really did do, even though they like had a piss poor season, even though they're terrible. It's like, but look look at this, but that being said, there are other sports in which this kind of breakdown of how things work out, uh, shows off that there truly is no real negative side. It's just, it wasn't, blowout amazing thing that we've become accustomed to wanting out of the team out of the UNESCO years I mean the greatest so, yeah exactly so I think you're probably onto something here I think next year is going to be a bang up season but let me ask you this was the play um, what's India what's her name uh, India Rogers is she from Arizona Um, like where is she Born. I know she transferred from USC. Let me look her up. Let me look oh, okay. Her. Why? What? What are you? What are you trying to build here? I thought we had a transfer come in from Arizona, and I was going to say we got to get them out of there. <laughs> Just, oh, you're back on your anti. Well, actually, she's from. Hey, hey, hey. hey. No, look, no I'm bad talking. No bad talking in your Rogers. She's from Dallas, Texas, man. Oh, greatest player of all time for <laughs> sure. Number one best i i could have gone to tcu which is the (laughs) worst school in the whole world but she chose us and so she's she to me is the goat now officially i don't know why i feel that way but i do as of right now the the 
the starting five that gives me like I, I think we got something there. I like to think of obviously we got Pow Pow out there. Pow Pow's got to be that scoring threat. You would hope, but is she? Dude, that's what we're hoping. Right. There's been flashes. We have seen flashes. Right. And your Rogers. Okay. I'm liking that. Obviously, we got Sedona Prince out there. She's returning. She's starting every damn game. Amen. Um, hopefully, just being spelled by Filipina Che and Kennedy Basham and such, you know. But uh, I think playing even more minutes, she was pretty damn fun to watch. Then we get me personally. I would love to see Shania Pinto out on the floor more regularly. Even I, I personally would like that a lot. I thought there was a lot of promise. And then hopefully a talented freshman out there, either a talented freshman or at least her, at least Hurst, at least at least Hurst. Uh, I don't know. There, there's something there. There's some talent. We'll see what happens. I'm starting to get optimistic again. Uh, then again, if you yeah, burn I'm all me in the weeds. So I have crazy. no. The season's over, and the clairvoyance has disappeared completely. Mm. I have no clue what's going on. Probably won't know until August. Probably won't know mid-season even. <laughs> That's unreal. for damn sure, brother. <laughs> oh boy. Well, speaking of not knowing what's going on, Aaron, uh, I do believe we have a sponsor. Uh, these commercials have been kind of getting weirder and weirder. If I'm being real. So are these sponsors. Well, you know, uh, whenever you have an eclectic show like this, uh, you kind of have to allow anyone and everyone to have a chance at uh, promoting whatever product it is they want to promote. Whoever pays us. Whoever pays us gets played by us. All right. Well, uh, let, let's cut right into that, shall we? Oh, ow, yeah. uh, uh, ow, ow, my Achilles. Ow. Hey there, weakling. Oh, hi. I don't like watching little shrimps like you take up space in my workstation. That's what I call my gym. That's oh, right. I'm, I'm sorry, mister. I'll go hit the showers. I hurt my Achilles. How about instead of hitting the showers, you hit this new supplement? That is right. The Quack 12 podcast. Oh, you want to tell me all about it? First of all, never interrupt me again. If you want to be big, strong, and studly like me, every day you need to listen to the one and only Oregon Ducks podcast, the Quack 12 podcast. You listen to this 10 hours a day, and you'll be looking, ooh, so, so ripped. More ripped than a paper bag in a shredding factory. That's right. Oh, let me see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel amazing already. You want to do uh, arm wrestling? Yeah, I'm going to rip off your arm, bro. I doubt it. Let's try it out. Let's try it It's like the fly. It's like the seed in the fly. Yeah, I'm so strong now because of the Quack 12 podcast. Oh, I, I'd be more upset if I wasn't so impressed. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I don't know if I like those commercials, man. I don't They're think that weird. I don't think that product's going to sell very well. It didn't <laughs> convey the point of what they were trying to say. You know, I uh, I think they were trying to get people to go to a website. What website? 
Do we? I think they sent us some extra ad read because that commercial was so bad. They knew they were going to have to double back and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, it says here, uh, Quack 12 Podcast, the world's best Oregon Ducks podcast. Uh, it's It makes a really sweaty kind of like pitch to go to their Patreon. Go to quack12podcast.com where you can then locate their Patreon for $5. Actually, this sounds pretty cool. For $5 a month, a measly $5 a month, you can get bonus material. I'm talking... Hours and hours and hours, it says here underlined, of Oregon Ducks history and awesome episodes, including stuff like Duck D&D. Wow, that sounds huh. really cool. I wouldn't huh. want to miss out on that. Uh, it says there's also a uh, time travel series in which the two hosts, Adam and Aaron, cool names, uh, go back to each individual Oregon football season and review the season from that year. That's very cool. I got to say, it is odd that there seems to be copy of all that, but yet it never made it into the commercial. They really should. What's the point of the commercial if you got to read this whole fucking thing afterwards? That's what I'll be asking the producers when we're done. <laughs> well, good luck. As long as we get that Skrilla, am I right? Uh, and speaking of Skrilla, if you don't have any Skrilla, Skrilla means money, then uh, you can go to the Apple podcast. Uh, I don't know, site. Apple Podcast, I think is what it's called, right? It's an app. Yeah, whatever. Go go online. Go go to the uh go to Apple, all right? And then you you give us five stars. You, you go to Quackful <laughs> yeah. Podcast page. You, you give us five stars. Me. I'm going there right now. Good. Then it's a good ad. Then it's a good ad, Aaron. We did yeah, it. I'm gonna go to the website Apple Podcast right now. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Aaron, back to quacks the ball. Quack, quack. Now I want to complain about the men's basketball team. That's what this episode basically is. It's just we're going to complain about one team and the other. Um, but not really. I'm actually feeling a little optimistic about this one, too. So really? we got the Oregon's men's basketball team. 20 and 15 overall. 11 and 9 in conference play. 12 and 5 at Matt Knight. 6 and 6 away. However, there's some pretty epic away games in that stretch including two top five wins and a near upset of the arizona wildcats who were ranked i, I what were they one or two or something like that kind of forget blanked it out of my memory because i we almost had him though we almost had him uh yep eric williams jr as we said has it's it's not quite like he's transfer he's like He's got one foot in the portal, one foot in the pros. You know, he's he's going, he's testing the NBA waters, but he has announced that he would still be open to playing at other schools, but not Oregon. He wants to try something else out. That is a bit of a bummer because he's I been mean, around here for a long time and he was really good last season. Or this Talk season. about insult to injury because <laughs> it's like, I'm fine with just transferring to another school and or or not and or but or going mm -hmm. to the NBA. But to say I want to go to the NBA or I'll also go to a different school, but fuck this one school. I'm kind of like, well, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, bro. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he actually was I he was one of my favorite players this last season. 
Uh, well, that I being think he's said, got a bad attitude. Well, no. <laughs> that being said, yeah, we didn't start him. You know, like he was averaging twenty. Maybe it's because of his bad attitude. <laughs> no, he was averaging twenty six minutes per game. He Damn. can go out there and he can average near forty on the right team and be a yeah. real star. I thought he was. You know, really I just want to point out one more time. I did not watch, but maybe one game of basketball all season. So, so anyone who's mad at me about. for my shit talking, <laughs> it's literally out of my butthole. To be fair, it is shit talking the Oregon Ducks on an Oregon Ducks podcast, which right. seems to be your job here. Uh, <laughs> Eric, yeah, he had 33 games played, 11 games started. Um, yeah, it when, when we kind of went smaller, it seems like. 8.4 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game. He had that uh, game winner against Oregon State. I do remember. Overall, yeah, he was good. Uh, 0. 0.35. 35% from the three-point line. I don't know that those are good enough numbers to get into the NBA, is it? Um, It's not even the numbers. It's more just like the measurables. It is the numbers, but it's a lot about just like, well, first of all, we already got a, something in mind if, if you're right or not for the NBA. I don't really think it's a stretch. That's why he's being like, especially because he's, you know, he's been around the program for a while as a redshirt senior. So like, like usually they're already like, mm, not sure if we want to take someone who has this much mileage. I, uh, yeah, I hope you got a degree brother because uh, you're going to be I'm a sure did. I'm sure he did. Well, good. good. Good for him. He'd be a great dentist. Um, yeah. Then this was tough. This is even harder, I think. Frank Kepnong, throw it back, throw it down, big man, as he is known by Bill Walton. Frank Kepnong, who was known for really lighting up the crowd, for being super invested in every single damn game he played for the Ducks, and for really sparking a lot of energy in some down times, including signing up to be a duck when he was like, I think he was here when he was like 17 or something like that. Wow. He reclassified, got here super early. Unfortunately, that beloved big man is transferring out. This has to be because of playing time. I truly think so. He averaged 14.6 minutes per game. He started but five games though. He did play 35 games. So it's pretty played every game. Don't blame him. I don't blame him. Yeah. Go, go get if, your starting time. Yeah. I mean, look, when you come onto the Oregon ducks squad, you kind of expect or assume you're, you're going to be in the big dance mm. or wait, is that just the main game? You're no, at I least going to be in the tournament. So yeah. to not even get into the tournament, I wouldn't be at all offended. If, Every single player walked away. I'd be like, makes sense. We didn't even get to the one place you expect us to always get to. I get you. Well, we'll see what happens. Hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be. It's a bummer that he's gone. However, fortunately, the the clear, more talented person who plays his position, who's much more injured, <laughs> oftentimes, Nafali Dante. We, he should be sticking around, it appears. They would really stink if he left. And we also got uh, Nate Biddle, you know, who's a promising giant man, giant white man, Nate Biddle. Uh, so we're not screwed there anyways. And as far as Crutes are concerned, we got a seven-footer coming in. And this mm -hmm. could be partially the reason why he's 
you know, transferring out. Cause it's like, if you got Nafali Dante and Nate Biddle and Khalil Ware, uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing his name, uh, probably Khalil, Khalil, I think it's Khalil. I don't know. Khalil Whale from North Little Rock, Arkansas. You ever been there? Aaron? Of course. Little Rock is like the jams for Arkansas. Okay. Well, that's honestly, a- for realsies, one mm-hmm. of the best house shows I ever played was this punk house in Little Rock. I mean, we partied hearty. Time. What a wow. Partied hearty. You know, fif- this was like 15 years ago. It was an epic, like, that was maybe 12 years ago. Yeah, great scene. Good people. Nice. Well, where is coming from around there? And I think you would have noticed if he was at this party, considering he's seven feet tall. Um, but five-star center. Well, five-star coming in. You know, 10 years ago, he would have been eight. So I don't think he would have been there. But maybe. He would have Who been knows? like a six-foot-tall eight-year-old, though. That yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we also got Dior Johnson from Southern Cal Academy. Okay. Uh, so yeah, California player coming in. He's a six foot three, five star point guard. Like that's the thing, dude. Dana Altman recruits with the best of them. He is nuts. And it's kind of nice that he's at this point. I don't even know if I like would rather have a transfer or a freshman. I mean, the best part is, is a really good blend. Obviously we got Tyrone Williams coming in. He's from Denison, Texas. You ever been to Denison, Texas? You sure it's not Dickinson? Mm, I think it's D-E-N-I from Grayson County College. Nuh-uh. Got nothing. Okay. That's the well, first Texas town I don't know. That's the first place, period, that you haven't <laughs> been to personally that I've mentioned on this. Um, Tyrone Williams, he's coming for six foot five, 200 pounds, three star uh, shooting guard. And then we got Brennan Rigsby, who's coming from, uh, wow, there you go. Nice Phil, Florida. Uh, Northwest, he's transferring over from State College, six foot three, 180 point guard. So we, I mean, we got some good promising crutes there. Uh, you know, Dana Altman's going to do his magic. We're going to have some fun players coming in through the portal. The real question is how many of these players are staying? Uh, hopefully Will Richardson, you know, like he missed those vital games, those games that really would have defined his career if he could have shown up fully. Um, those final games due to mono. Mono is can be real bitch, you know. Right, I remember that. And the makeout so, disease. Yeah, basically kissing disease is what it's known as, yeah. And um, it comes down to like does he really want to attempt to go in the NBA kind of on reputation alone and see if someone wants to take a you know shot at him or if he could perform really well in the summer leagues? Or does he want to give this one more go? See if he can really come and make some name, uh, make a make some noise, you know? Try to get this bad boy in the tourney. Make a deep run. Then you know, see if how I was him. I would just pick which one was going to guarantee me some cash. Mm, Because now that we're playing a money game, I might stick around just to get that cash if I know that the NBA isn't a great option. I don't know if this is the thing. I don't think. Well, I think Oregon pretty soon, if he decided to come back, I think they're going to pay. They get him an NIL deal somehow and there would be some money coming his way. Um, I don't think there's guaranteed money for him in the NBA. 
But that's what I'm saying. He could go pro somewhere in the world and they would pay him. But then that comes to like, you know, a whole bunch of life decisions and stuff like that. And it's also like, are you really going to go to Russia to play basketball right now? Yeah, some shit like that, you know. Also, have you heard this shit about how um, the North Korea guy like has changed the rules of basketball to where there's like four pointers? Ooh, and I think in the last amount of time in a game, the points are the scores are worth more. Like he really he messed with it a bit, and I'm like, kind of sounds like a more exciting version of basketball. Uh, by the North Korean guy, Kim Jong Un is who we we're referring to. Yeah, yeah, is a real maybe piece of shit, but yeah, interesting take on basketball. Maybe Dennis Rodman, our ambassador to North Korea. Oh boy, maybe he got in his ear and it's like, I've always had these ideas. He's like, a little. Uh, maybe Dennis uh, Rodman was like, "What if every rebound is one point?" Interesting, right? It makes it, it makes you fight a lot harder for that fucking ball. I heard uh, I heard someone on a on a really good podcast. I don't really want I guess I'll shout them out, but they're infinitely more popular than us, so I feel weird shouting them out. No Dunks is a very good podcast on NBA basketball uh, from the Athletic. They quoted somebody who said something pretty funny, but a little thought provoking. I thought this was a very Aaron way of looking at basketball mm-hmm. or or sports in general. He said rebounding is an overrated statistic, right? Because so many people are like, you got to rebound because it's the second, it's either the second chance points or it's taking away a opportunity against, you know, the opposing team. Um, But he says rebounding is a very overrated statistic. Just means some team is missing a whole bunch of, it just means some team is missing shots, right? That's it. You're either hitting the shots or you're not. There's no right. Doesn't get more complicated than that. Point per minute, baby. <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on. Get your shit in the game. One point per minute. That can't be hard. I Especially think we... when some goals are worth three points. So Hold if on. you get one three-pointer, you can rest easy for two minutes and 59 seconds. You're saying every player averages one point per minute. Every player right? should be aiming to making one point per minute because in one minute, it has gone back and forth across the fucking court Aaron. Like five times. Aaron, in a women's basketball game, that would mean if you had the same five starters out there, or it doesn't even matter the starters, that means you would be leaving that court scoring 200 points. Amen. (laughs) So that's what you should be going after. Coaching philosophy for Aaron. It is everyone needs to score one point per minute, no matter how it happens. This is your solemn duty. And then part two do not focus on the rebounds. The rebounds do not matter. It's all about scoring. Especially if you're making one point per minute. Okay. Also, so defense is out the window, kind of. Also, I'll tell you this much. I firmly believe this. Mm-hmm. Use the backboard. <laughs> For every Use shot. Thing. Every shot. It stops the ball and makes it fall in. That's, you should be shooting at a square, not a circle. You know what I'm saying? So in in three point shooting practice, you're saying if you don't hit that that backboard, then your ass is pulled from the game. Like you're like no, no you're hitting aim it. 
I'm saying aim for it. <laughs> Utilize it. Don't try to be Mr. Like nothing but net. Pointless. Use it the backboard. It was put there for a reason. They All haven't right. gotten rid of it yet, have they? So why not use it? Just saying. Dude, I would love to get our hands on some kids basketball team. Don't take that out of context, listeners. Um, to get so you, if you could coach some kids basketball team, and we could really put these theories to the test, come in there confidently, like a Gene Hackman type, you know, like sure. coming in there confidently. But uh, I don't know. Well, they were high school. No, was that a high school team or was that a college team? I think the Hoosiers in that in the movie the Hoosiers that's a high school team. Yeah, there's just no way you can do it with like small children. I'm literally talking about fully developed players mm-hmm. in college and or NBA. Like there's no reason why they shouldn't have been running drills from the age of 5 to the <laughs> age of 17 mm-hmm. every day focusing on running down the court, making a basket every minute. Okay, well. And honestly, if you're going to do a point per minute, then you've just got to make one goal minimum every 2 minutes. That doesn't seem that difficult. Well, okay, it's just there you me. Go. I mean, I'd done it. Well, so how I came up with the theory cuz we won the game cuz I did it. Uh, all right. You've lost <laughs> me. I'm lying. I've never done it. Well, I, I just want to shout out possible. Uh, it took me too long to get to this point, but this whole episode is really bec- for a listener, um, uh, or I should say Twitter follower, at RobbieFZ450, a.k.a. YFC450 Duck, because uh, last week when I asked for questions, he hit us up with this. Ooh. It, which was just with what you know of the big three women's basketball, men's basketball, college football. What do you think next year's outcomes will be? Not knowing is the fun part of the question, Rob. Um, I mean, that's, I wanted to kind of set up the women's basketball, the men's basketball, how I think they're doing. I think both make the tournament. I unfortunately think that the women's side, the problems, the offensive problems are still not ironed out. I think their defense will take a slight step back. It'll still be very good, but not elite. Like it basically was this season. And I think their offense may take a slight step forward, but not enough forward. And I think Kelly Graves is going to be on the real freaking hot seat. Unfortunately for the men's team, I think, I don't know. I want to, we got to wait and see how many players are staying really. But Dane Allman's Dane Allman. I still got faith in him. I think he'll at least make the tournament. I don't know if we're making it into the Sweet 16 even, but I think he'll at least make the tournament. And I think uh, we'll be competitive in Pac-12 play. I don't think we're going to win it next season, but I I think we'll be more competitive. Because we just don't have the personnel on the court to win it all? Well, just because we the chemistry and the uh, and the personnel, we technically have like the talent next year, depending on who stays. But we may have the talent next year to like compete and to really do it if we find that chemistry. And usually, Dana Altman, that's what a superpower is. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's too tough to call because it real the key ingredient here really is chemistry, right? It's about a team playing as a team, not as a group of players. Yeah. 
Uh, and you can never, you can never ever presume one way or the other when people are leaving and or coming. Yeah. Honestly. What about? Did you bring up football? What do you think about football? Well, let's get into football. I wanted to pepper this in because we we still got some football to cover because we got the spring game coming up on the twenty third of this month. That is right. I will be there in person, one oh, p.m. Yeah. at Austin Stadium. Just you know, it's that. It's just a practice, really. But it's a spring game. It's fun. It's it'll be cool. Now, Aaron, yo, we got some practice reports coming out from Dan uh-oh. Lanning. Dan Lanning himself. Uh, well, he's there. He's not writing these things. I up. hear he's a fan of. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, cool. There you go. Uh, if you want to hang out with the Lannings? You got to go to. You know what? I think we may need to edit that out because I don't really want to dox him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. As far as injuries are concerned, because I think that's what you really get from a lot of these. Uh, we just don't know what Dan Lanning organs, what Dan Lanning's ducks are going to look like. All right. We don't really DLD DLD. We don't know what the DLD will be until we see in action. And I'm not talking about a spring game, I'm talking about against a real ass team, which we're going to play some real ass teams real quick next season. Uh, but as far as injuries are concerned, Justin Flo, the five-star linebacker who, you know, made an amazing play in the one game he played, but he got injured uh, and missed the whole season. He's limited right now, as is Keon Ware Hudson, as is Damon David, Damon David, sorry, as is Brandon Dorless. Brandon Dorless is going to play a crucial role. Uh, I think we're like that. He, we need him healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's in a way it's good. He's sitting out um, still limited is Cam McCormick. The always limited Cam McCormick. He's an amazing player. We love him, but yes, he is injured quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Wooten, uh, you know, has, hasn't played much at all yet. Just got here, but he's injured. Uh, Bram Walton is injured. Uh, Jackson powers Johnson who's still toying around, it seems like, on the offensive line, especially since Jonathan Dennis, uh, an older offensive lineman, has transferred out of the program purely due to play time, clearly. Um, So it seems like Jackson Powers Johnson, he's doing both, but it seems like he's going to be more offensive lineman, possibly. And right now, yeah, he's limited. As is Alex Forsythe, though it was promised because Alex Forsythe has been injured uh, for a lot of last season and a whole lot of this offseason, very much injured. However, he has been seen working out. He has been seen doing more and more, so that's good. Patrick Herbert was not limited. Patrick Herbert is full, seems to be full go, knock on wood. Uh, so we could be having a... You know, this what does he do tight again? End. Tight end? Tight end. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah. I'd love to see Herbert out there. He's been injured for so long. Huh. I kind of forgot he existed. Well, I don't blame you. I mean, he You has know not- what? He's my favorite of the Herbert brothers. <laughs> I'll tell you that much right now. Oh, uh, it's uh, there's so many to choose from. So many famous. I mean, they're all great football players. Tell you that. Probably not all of them. Um, so that's I don't know. That's all I really know. Uh, Hithliday's been writing some really good stuff, actually. I want to shout this out on Addicted to Quack, all about Dillingham's offense. That has been a really good read. Um, not to, you know, break it all down. We'll have him on the show sometime soon. 
But I will say something that caught my eye is that he's saying the offense in theory won't be too different from what Moorhead was attempting to run, you know, what he was getting established here, though it does seem like we will be like kind of rewarding the tight end a little bit more in uh, some of those RPOs, like actually throwing to him, uh, throwing maybe like more likely to throw downfield, you know, like more of a passing attack. But still, it sounds pretty similar. Maybe some more two back sets, some so two running backs out there. That should be fun to watch. This is based uh, off of what Hith has watched in old footage of Lannings. From uh, well, more games. like of Dillingham, Coach Kenny Dillingham. But that is like he was a lot of like QB coach. You know what I mean? Or like the OC, but. The, under Norvell, who is very much running stuff as well. So it's kind of like how much of this is going to be him, how much of this is going to be like, you know, who he was or, or how much is Laning going to say. So it's like, we still don't really know because, you know, Dillingham is a young ass dude and doesn't have a long OC career. <laughs> but uh, so things are becoming a little more bright, or a little more obvious there, I guess. Um, things aren't going to change whole, wholesale. Also, though, uh, Lanning has said, like, he does want to go under center at times, you know, if the occasion calls for it, which is something that some fans have flipped out over when you're fourth and inches, you know, and you got Patrick, uh, you got Justin Herbert, giant, you know, QB and a good O-line, and you don't just put him under center and just pick up those inches sometimes. So that'll be interesting, I guess, you know. And I should say this, Ty Thompson, as of now, in what the media has seen, which is very limited, is starting. Ty Thompson has taken the starting reps. Bo Nix has basically just gotten there, so that doesn't make sense. Right. However, Bo Nix did transfer there and was a starter at an SEC school. So we'll see what happens. And he's he's familiar with Dillingham, probably more than Thompson right. is. But hopefully Ty Thompson is just fully emerging and we got a good backup or a decent backup in Knicks and a really good promising quarterback of the futures. It would be it the best also, case scenario. It could also very well be they already know what to expect out of Knicks. They need to see what they should be able to expect sure. out of Thompson and then we'll find out. Sure. And maybe they're like, well, if we make Thompson think he's going to have a little bit more of a shot, maybe we won't transfer right away. <laughs> and we know yeah. Knicks isn't going anywhere. He just got here. I don't know. I will say the only thing I hope for mm -hmm. next season is that our second string is as strong or by a bare minimum, not as strong as first string, because okay. I'm going to say it right now. I predict injuries. Yes. <laughs> that's a, that's a safe prediction. At in a football least season. eight. Oh no. Oh we're no. Gonna, we're going to look hobbled by week five. God, I hope it's not all at the same fucking position like last season. Um, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing you can do if there's eight injuries in the same position. You go like, well, we weren't meant to play football this season. Bye, injuries. everybody. It's going to be eight injuries in one game, and it's just going to be terrible. Eight injuries. Because it'll QB. be against no. UCLA. Shut up. There it is. Well, uh, that's an interesting call. That's all I got to say. Aaron, I just want to go over their schedule really quick, which is, you know, just a reminder of what we're getting into. As Yeah, always. let's see if we even play UCLA in week five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, week five? No, we don't. I'll tell you. Well, that then right prediction is dead. 
<laughs> oh yay! We're good. We're safe. I'll tell you. We'll we'll end on this. Just a quick reflection of what could be. You know. Um. So we're starting. We are starting the season in one of our like toughest challenges we've ever had in the school's history. I'd say one of the toughest ways to start off a season. Week one going against going against a national championship winner in Georgia. That is right. Because not only so not only do we play Georgia, they have the audacity to call this a neutral site game. The goddamn game is in Atlanta. Hmm. I'm pretty sure at the fucking Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the same stadium that they just won a national championship in. That's so, pretty like, cool. Yeah. I mean, it is cool for us. It is a good like, you know, like, hey, look at us. And even if you're competitive, that's good. But it's just like, dude, it's a tall order. That's just an they're playing in Atlanta and they're Georgia and they just won the freaking national championship game. Like that Where, environment is going to be crazy. What airport does the team fly out of to get there? Portland, Oregon. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, there's a, there's an airport in Eugene, my man, but no way does it have nonstop flights from Eugene to Atlanta, Georgia. Hold That's a, a private, long flight. It's called a private plane. My brother. Oh, flex. Well, welcome to Phil Knight, buddy. Um, Yeah. Okay. Experience. So all I'm saying, yeah, next season is like, I mean, this is what I was saying for a year straight talking about the Ohio State horseshoe game and look how that ended. Uh, I never thought we would win that game. And we won that in that triple environment. So now while they could say, with some form of uh, predilection that it's a neutral site, which debatable. It's not. It cannot be <laughs> said that it's going to be a neutral game because we're the ones who are going to have to travel eight hours by air, three hours into the future. I uh, am a, well, I guess we'll be hopefully back on some kind of normal sleep schedule by the time we get back. You don't. Where's week two happen and in what time zone? Okay, well, I'll, I'm going to rip through this. We're not we're not taking too much time on this, but I'll say this. So then we're in Eugene for the next two Oof. games. Next no two bueno. games. Uh, one week later after that Georgia game, we're playing against Eastern Washington University, a, ga- a team we have some history with because when we played, <laughs> when we got Vernon Adams Jr. from Eastern Washington, first game we played was against Eastern Washington, and they didn't like it. They took a cheap shot at their old QB, a.k.a. our new QB, and they broke his freaking finger on his throwing hand. So that was a fun right. start of the season. Uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting. But, I mean, we are heavily favored. We are going to burn down everything if we lose that game. That would be embarrassing as hell. Then we got BYU. BYU Oof. was a Pac-12 killer last season. They killed yeah. every Pac-12 team. And they were all. they've also, like, the last two seasons, you know, they haven't been elite elite, but like technically, like on paper, they have been elite. They've been like near title. They've been near playoff contenders, surprisingly. And then I'm going to really quickly read off what we're going to go through in Pac-12 play. We got at Wazoo. Yikes, that's scary. New coach. You know, this is this is like first in season, season not being an interim coach. But yeah, at Wazoo, that's going to be tough. Versus Stanford. So we're home there. Then we got at Arizona, who suddenly has a good recruiting class. Weird. 
you uh oh boy sorry about that versus ucla was me sneezing some kind of bad omen i don't know you said we we're gonna lose to ucla in the fourth game fourth game of the well that's the seventh game remember i said those three other games georgia right. eastern washington byu wazoo stanford arizona then ucla ucla that's at home as we said hopefully hopefully uh coda can help us beat them that's what i'm hoping he transferred over to us promising receiver um then we got at cal at colorado we've got versus u-dub Versus Utah. Hopefully, we can beat this freaking Utah team. Oh, my God. That was embarrassing. Oh. <laughs> last, last two games against them. And then, obviously, we got the uh, platypus trophy uh, ceremony. Plat- platypus classic. Game. Platypus classic at OSU. Our bye week is between Arizona and UCLA. I don't know how that's really going to end. Um, I I really want to be competitive in the Pac-12 North. I'll say that much. We don't have to win it this year, but who else is going to freaking win it in this conference? Come on, let's win the Pac-12 North. Why would it be anyone else? Um, and then other than because we got the best talent still, even with a new coach. And I would just love if we could. We I would love for us to make a bowl game. We practically have to make a bowl game. That's how I feel. Uh, it'd be nice to be competitive in the Pac-12 North. I don't think we're going to beat Georgia. That's all right. It's even all right if we lose two non-conference games. Hey, that's all right. Um, but overall, I'd like to get nine wins. I would still, I would still feel like, hey, it's his first season. That's very good. That's awesome. Nine wins. You kidding me? Eight wins. I'm gonna. I don't know. I feel like that's going to be a whole lot of me. Being like, it's everyone take a step back from that ledge, Duck fans. It's all right. It's all right. I wouldn't feel wonderful about eight and four. Nine threes is where I'm feeling we're going to be at. And hopefully a bull win. Who knows? Aaron. No. No? I think you're wrong. What do you mean? It's 11 and one season all day, baby. Oh! Come on. Oh! Newsflash. We beat Georgia. We lose against Eastern Washington. Oh, and that's the loss. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then, because of that, they won't let us go to the National Championship. Ah, not the National Championship. Get us. Also, just want to let everybody know I'm anti Arizona Mm -hmm. until day one of next season, in which. They will be welcomed back into my loving embrace. So if anyone has any ideas of who I should be anti for next season, (laughs) write in via Twitter. Let me know your reasons why. I'll pontificate upon them, and I will make a choice. Oh, there you go. I love it. We're we're connecting through hate, and that's really what this (laughs) podcast is about. Listeners, y'all been great. Um, at Quack Twelve Podcast on Twitter. Uh, obviously, we got our Patreon. You can find that through quacktwelvepodcast.com. Leave us five stars on Apple Podcast, and uh, we love you, babies. We love you so much. Now, we should say this coming up: our future schedule here. We got the Patreon preview series. That's right. The PPS is coming your way. We got special unlocked episodes coming on the free main feed that you are listening to right now. We got special episodes coming out. Consider them a little gift from us to you. 
from the Patreon. Just a little taster. Get you a little hook to it. Uh, a lot of fun stuff we've been doing over there. Obviously, you can help donate there. Uh, you can help us by donating there. It helps us a lot. But yeah, we wanted to reward you all. Uh, we've seen a big uptick in listeners even now in the off season, which makes no sense, but whatever. Um, yeah, so even we're with gonna... my loud mouth, amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. They love you. They love you, baby. Yeah, so look out for that. We're gonna have some fun stuff and posting some new shit on the Patreon as well. We love you. Go Ducks. We're winning three national championships. I just answered the question. We're winning a women's basketball championship. We're winning a men's basketball national championship. And then we're winning the fucking natty on top of a Heisman for my man. Oh, I don't know. Seven McGee. Seven McGee's winning the Heisman. You heard it here first, folks. I think baby Herbs is getting it. Sure. Patrick Herbert. First double Heisman from the same team. They couldn't decide, so they just fucking do a tie. Break it down one time, big man. Go Ducks! (laughs) R.I.P. Frank Capcom. We love you.